back to another edition of Jerks in the Fourth Row podcast. Um, as always, homie, how's it going? Heyo, just uh, bored as could be here. Uh, that's the name of the game. <laughs> that's the name of today's podcast. In the house, bored Q and A today. We're just again, no movie in particular, no concept in particular. The dog and I just came up with a couple of questions, and we're just gonna try and cure our boredism by. Uh, putting each other on the spot and uh, keeping each other on each other's toes. So before we get into it, I, I see Mookie's there with you and he's looking out the window at chipmunks. I've got my Novi here who is currently in, at the end of a Zoomy session. So if you hear any barks in the background, it's not us. It's our, uh, it's our furrier halves. Uh, yeah. so, but how is Mookie doing? He's actually, I mean, he's, he's actually taking a break right now. He's had a busy morning chasing chipmunks. So, He's uh he's gonna take a little rest. He, but he gets to him. But <clears throat> every once in a while, I'll look in the back there, and I feel like I see like a, a jackrabbit run through there, <laughs> tiny little. No, but it's Novi. In fact, yeah. You, you you guys can't understand how small Phil's dog is. It's like tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah. Uh, he's keeping he's, cute, he's keeping me young, just chasing him around. So right now he's chewing on his own foot and my my shoe in true puppy fashion. So. Hopefully he's tired himself out, but all right. So Doc, let's just get right into it with the questions. Um, you know, I had a little bit of time earlier today to think of some fun, some fun ones and some thought provoking ones. I'm going to start with the fun. Um, and uh, you know, I'm, I think that you know who both of these guys are. Actually, I know you know who both of these guys are. And my question is just straight up: Whose career would you rather have, Seth Green's or Kevin Conley? And Kevin Conley is the guy who plays E in Entourage. E in Entourage. That's the most random question. Ever. So, I mean, I guess, well, no, it's not because I'm, well, I, you have to understand, I'm not like an Entourage fan. Got you. But you know who E is, though, right? Kevin Conley. And, and I'm aware that there's this uh, rivalry between him and Seth Green. Yeah, so that's kind of what it sparks from. That and the yeah. fact that these guys are both, you know, sub 5'6, I think. Kevin Conley's 5'5". Five, five. So this, and Seth Green is 5'4", which is shockingly, shockingly short for both of them. I knew they were both short actors, but that was... That's, so you're saying Seth Green's got a bit of a Napoleon complex going on? They both do, I think. And so it's kind of like a battle of, like, the lightweights here. And the fact that they were rivals, um, you know, just kind I of... I really don't even know what he is, what else he's been in, like, he was in... Of course, Entourage, but like he, the only the second movie that comes to mind is Beverly Hillbillies. Like we, yeah, okay, that's that's a good one. So let me give you a few movies that he's in. He started his movie his his career out as a child actor in Rocky Five. He was kind of like the street bully that was kind of beating up on uh, Rocky's kid. Yeah, that's one with Tommy Gunn, right? That's yeah, Tommy Gunn, least, right? Yep, that's one I'm least familiar with. Okay, well, he's in that. He's in. He's and then he kind of just plays like secondhand roles in like movies like The Notebook. He's in. Um, uh, he's just not that into you. Like so, just kind of like he basically whatever job he can get. He really kind of struck it with Entourage as, as kind of like the second or third character in that, but just never really got his career off off to you know so probably what he wanted to. And then the the other part of it too is he's he is actually. In a real life entourage guy, and the fact that he's in Leonardo DiCaprio's entourage, he's like Leonardo DiCaprio, him, Tobey Maguire, like they're all they all kind of hang out together. So okay, so there, there's the hook. There's where you're getting me. 
is that he's a part of Leo's entourage. Because as I say, if you're asking me what career I'd rather have, I mean, Seth Green has obviously made a lot more money and he has more prominence in that his name probably carries more weight and just based on his career, right. the diversity of his career and being in movies and also having his own <clears throat> shows and robot chicken, which I'm not a fan of in particular, but that's the thing. Like I wouldn't be proud to have said, <laughs> well, that's the whole reason this question, like, you don't want to be, I don't think you want to be either one of these guys. Um, though, though Seth Green, Seth Green's career earnings is twenty five mil. Uh, Kevin Connolly's is fifteen mil. So I gladly change bank accounts with each one of these guys. But I feel like walking around and like Seth Green is just kind of almost like a walking punchline with like his you know Doctor yeah. Evil son. Not Scotty like, Dunk. <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah, I totally agree. He's just kind of a, a carrot top came to to mind. Yeah, like, I don't know why. Like he, you're right. He's just like kind of. Uh, He's uh, he's Scotty, you know. I mean, even though he's done other stuff, um, I just Seth Green. I just don't like the guy. Um, right. He was, well, that's he was that's the trade off. He might make. He might be more rich and more well known, but no one likes Seth Green. He, all right. So my answer is Seth Green because if if I had the option to do what I wanted with his career, like he was in the Italian job with uh, like Marky Mark and Shirley's there on and. Uh, uh, Jason Statham. So he had like he had an opportunity to like meet a bunch of A-list celebrities and like kind of skyrocket his career. But he did his own weird niche thing, which is respectable. But again, I just don't. It's like Tim and Eric esque, which yeah. I like Tim and Eric, but I really just I thought I think his brand of humor is just kind of like immature. Um, All right, then we're not going to disagree on this. I'm. So I, I am. Let me answer your question. So. Uh, my answer is, well, can I, can I, that's what I mean. If I can manipulate their careers and like do what I wanted with their stardom. Yeah. You are, you are embodied into Seth Green. You have his current career. You have all his connects. You have his history. You know, both of these guys, careers are more or less, more or less done. If there is a Freaky Friday and I end up being Seth Green, you know, I'd probably tank his entire career and make him look like an idiot. And, you know, but, uh, yeah, so that's my answer. Seth Green, as much as I dislike him, uh, you know, but if I were to trade lives with somebody right now, just like immediately just like switch and have to inhibit their, their roles and not really do, then it's E or whatever his name is. Okay. I'm going Seth Green. I mean, notorious fame is better than no fame at all. And E, I feel like is barely famous. Is it? Uh, um, and that, and, and to your point too, I think you almost even convinced my original decision even more so because he has been on big sets with like Charlize Theron and you know Mike Myers, and he's he's just had the more interesting career, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, and the Austin Powers films were huge. I mean, yeah. they've been playing them a lot lately, actually, uh, uh, on TV. But I've also watched them in my own uh, on the streaming services. Like they still. They're still pretty funny, but and, fi- and finally in three, he gets freaking sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. <laughs> they've always they've always teased that there's gonna be a fourth one, but uh, I feel like poor Mike Myers can't quite. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know if they could get if they could get backing for it. Uh, who knows? But yeah. I, I'd go and see it in theaters. Austin Powers is kind of a physical role too. He's skipping around and dancing and jumping around like. So it'd be, it might be tough for Myers to get back into it. Um, so I'd love, I'd love to see it. I'd be the first one there to see it. 
One last thing. If you had to guess how old Seth Green is today, what would you guess? I guess 48. Yeah, pretty close, 45. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, your your question. You're right. Austin Powers 1 came out in 1997. Um, and wow. It was like a. Yeah. 23 so years ago. So, speaking around that time period, 97, 98, 99, this is the one this is the question that I was telling Phil I was researching a tiny bit before I uh, before we got together here because uh, I had to check I always like to be able to answer these questions myself um, and I had to check on a few of them so Doug <clears throat> the question is for you uh, what was your first R-rated movie my first R-rated movie because we were talking last podcast we talked a little bit about your favorites are R-rated dramas your favorite genre arguably and this is one I, I had to think back for a while. So if you need me to take it, also while you while you're thinking, I, I mean, there's you know, there's those first ones that you remember your first parental advisory CD, you know, you, which I remember yours as well. <laughs> um, but you know, <clears throat> R-rated movies, I feel like there's like kind of like this. It's usually an occurrence, like it's okay. Like a, so I don't know officially like what it was. The one that I first remember watching was Wild Things with... Uh, wild yeah. Yeah, so I think we were over Sleepover. Uh, I think it was... Ryan Phillippe? No, Wild Things has Matt Dillon, um, uh, Nev Campbell, and Denise Richards, and Kevin Bacon. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a sexual thriller type deal. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's the famous scene. Yeah, exactly. The famous pool tub and, you know... Yeah. All the, or the, 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 the or whatever. Right. So of course, you know, you know, five awkward. Whoever was at at our sleepover, five awkward, you know, goofy guys that probably can't even talk to girls. What's the next best thing? We can just watch a, you know, watch our, you know, just. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was like one friend in particular whose parents were like, yeah, whatever, watch whatever thing. Or they might not have even known we had the movie. But, yeah, so. exactly. You're in the basement, whatever. For me, um, I, you know, right around 97, 98, 99 is when you were, you know, 14, 15. Uh, so, uh, for, you know, 13, 14, 15. So you were starting to watch R-rated movies, you know, being the younger brother, I was always mm-hmm. waiting. But anyway, so I had to come up with like three because I wasn't fully sure. First off, I had to look up if they're in fact R-rated movies like Titanic is not an no. R-rated movie no I think that's actually PG or no no it's PG-13 no dog there's titties in it come on <laughs> there's breasts in it okay there's uh, <laughs> there, so PG there's PG-13 um and then I also thought that you know and even this is Doubtfire but it's like no that's PG-13 too so for me mine were uh but I remember specifically well that around 98, 99, we started getting DVDs at home. We uh, we had our first DVDs, and our first DVDs were The Matrix and Rumble in the Bronx, uh, Jackie Chan. Yes, yes, I remember that. <laughs> Which are both R-rated, actually. Um, so those were some of the first ones that I remember watching. Um, but to be the ones that, like, the experience you had around was definitely... That you had in your buddy's base was definitely like American Pie. Yeah. For me and my buddies, like we, you know, we definitely weren't allowed to watch it. Um, that's but, so, so funny you mentioned that. I have my next question has a little bit to do with American Pie, but yeah, that's it. That's a really good one. 
but you know uh and that would be right around that time frame too like 98 99 right in there yeah and i was trying to think if i had like snuck certain movies or whatever uh, but I, I did have to go back and look up. There's a few movies that I, I thought I had seen that were R-rated, but in fact, they were PG-13, you know, the <clears throat> back in the day. It, it apparently, again, in Titanic, apparently breasts were not enough to, to yeah. get that R-rating. I think nowadays that would be R-rated. I do. Yeah. And there's a lot absolutely. of, like, gruesome, like, death scenes in that, too. Like, guys falling off the top of the, of the you know breaking their backs on like the rails and people dr- and drowning scenes. Like that's pretty intense. Yeah. I, I, again, I was surprised to look it up and see that that wasn't going to be one of my answers. Cause it's, that is, I definitely watched it. Um, at around the time it came out, it was 98 and, and you know, <clears throat> but uh, anyways, so I bet, I bet James Cameron had a lot to do with that really pushing to make that PG 13 so that, that the movie could do, you know, the big, the big numbers that it did do. So, that's a good point. It's more widely accessible or, you know. Yeah, oh, you widen your audience by a decade, you know, right off right. the bat by doing that. No, absolutely. Um, so I thought those were good ones. Quick. Uh, yeah. But so You got another one? Yeah, I got, I got another question. Actually, yeah. So I, I go back and forth in this, and I got to admit, this isn't an original question. My buddies, I have, I have a text chain who... One of my buddies, uh, Gid, brought this up. Gid, Kevin, uh, Matt Cook. We've talked about, or even Evan Goldner too. Evan, Evan was, I think, on that team. And we've we've often talked about when movies come out, should when they hit the theaters, should they be at an adjusted price for depending on what the movie is? And then what I mean by that is depending on the popularity or the demand to see that movie, should the price of admission be higher than another? And I see you shaking your head, but. but let me give you an example. So let's say you go in any other form of, of products that you go to. So you, let's just say you're going out to p- pick a pair of shoes out or even going to the grocery store to pick up a thing of cereal out. Those shoes, the Nikes are going to be the higher price point than, say, like a Champion or like a Chuck Taylor or something like that. You're paying for a better product or what you think is a better product. Sometimes I've had a pair of New Balances that are better than any pair of Jordans that I've ever owned, you know? So you're, you're paying for a product based on what you think the value of that product is. Same thing, you go to the grocery store. You go to the grocery store, you're either going to buy tricks or like lucky fruity shapes or whatever it is like that they have out there. So, so the tricks is the name brand, like you're going to go with the name brand over. So it's just like it's the, market, it's the market telling you what you're willing to pay for each one of these things. Now let's bring, so it, to, let's bring it to the so movies. Just one more sec. If if you go to see the event, Avengers, you are chances are that price of that ticket is going to be higher than say if you go see the movie like Super Troopers two, right? There's more demand to go see that movie, so shouldn't the shouldn't the executive producer be able to say this movie's costs more than Super Troopers two? You know what I'm saying? Super Troopers two, I don't think went to theaters. Okay, so there you go. Like it's it's not in demand. But those well, types so, of movies. So my initial, my argument is, it goes back to, Ayo, moving crystal. We're just talking. Uh, oh, he has got zoomies big time. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. He likes to give twenty kisses at a time too. Twenty. <laughs> 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 All right, we were just talking about wild things and menage kisses. I don't think this includes. All right, we'll, we'll edit that part out. All right. <laughs> 
Oh, so so I'm just saying different price points for different higher quality. Like now, to me personally, I don't think that Avengers would be better than say like a you know like a American Pie. That was a, that was one that I had in here, or like John Wick. I'd much rather go see that movie for ten bucks than Avengers for fifty, so to say. So first off, there are different levels. So some theaters have your regular theater, then you have your IMAX, and you have your IMAX 3D. So you do have three different. Very uh, three different price points there, which you know, uh, Bagger Vance when it came out, I don't know why that popped in my head. It's not going to be an IMAX 3D. Sure, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's, you know so <clears throat> or uh, but so you're saying the bigger movies already have the opportunity to make the more so, money. Okay, but sure, but you're also talking about so the last podcast we talked about whether I preferred to go to the movies or see them at home, and part of me saying I want to see them at home was. The movies is an experience, so you're paying for an experience. You're sitting in the theater, you're, you're going out, and that's where the the Hoyts and the Regals they, they all they all control the price. Right, um, but what, I guess my question is: should should they control it, or should it be the people who are making the product? Yeah, saying? they control. That's why I don't really like the whole experience. It's just like you're paying all this money for something you may not lovers need to see in the theaters but when they come out on on dvd and in like uh, on demand now you can buy you can buy movies digitally or whatever and there are different price points like avengers is more than say some other ones you can buy them beforehand before they even come out for a, a greater price like it's all when they're back into the hands of the consumer, sure, yeah, consuming the product how you want to consume it, as opposed to in the confines of the movie theaters. That's that's when I, that argument is that the they, they are priced out correctly. Like you can go into uh, Walmart and buy Love Guru for two dollars today. Right. Well, so so I'm not talking about the secondhand market because that you're right that that is where that happens. Something that's in the bargain bin. Versus a premiere movie that came out, there would be a different price. I'm talking strictly in the theaters. Well, I mean that's that's where the movie theater experience. That's where you're you're paying for the the seats, the lean back, the you know opportunity to get the buttery popcorn. That's what you're paying for, and that's why. Do I think it should be? No, because that's no because that's what it is. Is going to the movies like you're paying for that experience? Okay, which but, is why I don't really like going because it's not worth paying. For. Let, 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 let me give you an example then with this movie. Not all the time, sorry. Because that demeans some of my movie experiences, which I do enjoy. But. Let me give you this example. So the movie Get Out. The movie Get when it when it first came, you're, you're, you've seen Get Out, right? Yeah. yeah. So sorry, when it first came out in the movies, it was kind of like, oh, that looks kind of cool, whatever. And then it kind of got a life of its own. People, you know, word of mouth said, you got to get, got to go there and see this movie. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think I went on a recommendation and so I think that the movie Get Out, maybe it would start off as like that 9 or $10 movie, but as, as more buzz or more, you know, uh, you know, word of mouth gets out there and it starts to build a little bit more of a reputation, I feel like it should be able, the executive producer says, okay, now I got a hot movie. Now that price of the ticket is $12. And they should be able to, like anyone else in any other free market, be able to say give the price of their own of their own movie now granted right some of that movie a lot of that price is going into like the movie theater itself i get that that would be like the thing it's the so you're seeing the price based on demand but the availability hasn't changed like it's still the same like there's still mass 
mass producing this. It's not like sure the movie might have cost more, but it's that I, I, my I, I'm saying no okay. because it's the, all about that movie experience. I think I'm I with you. What you're saying? Yeah. Um, I think I'm on the same argument. There's also things like, but I'm also dog. There's things like. So I actually saw, so I worked down in Asheville, North Carolina in a brewery that was, their other location was a $2 movie theater and a restaurant and all these different things. But so I was a manager there for a little while and that's where I saw Get Out was in the $2 movie theater. So that's another thing that there is that option. So when it goes to those alternative theaters, if you have the option or if you have uh, the opportunity or the access, you know, if you have an alternative theater accessible, <clears throat> that's when movies like that go go to the lower price point, go to those theaters. Or, uh, but now again, the streaming services they're likely just to go straight yeah. to there if they're not doing well in theaters. Yeah. I, so I think I'm with you on the side of the argument. One price for every movie, no matter what, and. You know, at the end of the day, the movies that are going to make money are going to make their money no matter what. No, I think it's an interesting idea because think about concerts. Like, you're still going to the same venues for concerts and based on what artist you're seeing. Is, uh, is how well the venue right. does, right? Yeah. So, so, for instance, yeah. in, Asheville, in Asheville with your movie theaters, if you were playing, you know, like a, like a classic favorite, like 16 Candles or... Um, you know, uh, something that you wouldn't be able to, our generation wouldn't be able to have seen in the theaters. You're going to get more people coming in there than you would say like a train wreck or something like that, that, that people maybe have already seen or knows is coming out on DVD and not that excited about. I'm saying like your, the Asheville Brewing Company's theater is going to have a better night that night. And so same with, same with like the Hoyts and the Regals. So I feel like the, only because of the movie, I feel like those Avengers types, even though they're not my favorite movies, should get a little bit bigger piece of the pie because of it. That, that's that's I, that's what my argument is. But as a, as the consumer, I think I like single price tickets. So, well, sure, yeah, and I think it's an it's an interesting argument, and maybe stuff will have to change. I don't know after this in terms of how many people. I think there's going to be a huge surge of people going out to the movies and stuff. So I don't think they're about that, but. Um, no, it's an interesting point, but yeah, I'm glad it is the way it is. Cause think about, and like you, you made the, I keep wanting to bring up the movie Napoleon Dynamite because think about when they released that, they weren't planning on making a ton of money, but because everyone went out and paid the same price as, you know, a lot of those movies that were coming out, I'm trying to remember the same year, what came out, it's probably seventh or eighth grade. So I don't know, fast, too fast, too furious came out. The same yeah. They, the, I, I think those are good examples. <laughs> yeah, we made the same, we sang, we, we paid the same price for me and Putt, let's say, paid the same price to see Too Fast, Too Furious. And in fact, Putt went back multiple, he saw Napoleon Dynamite first and said, dude, this movie is hilarious and it's dry and yeah. it's totally art. With, like, you know, he went back and saw it with me. So he was even willing to pay it twice cool. to, to, to see it. But I mean, that was more so to share it. But no, I think it's an interesting point, but I think for movies, the fact that it's one price for a broad spectrum allows underdog movies like that to really do well, cool. to take off and exceed expectations. All right. Um, all right, so that was that was my last question. we got about five minutes left. What do you got for our... Five minutes left. Well, let's see, because this one... Well, I got, I got an easy one, and I got a thought-provoking Well, we can go over a little bit, but I'm just saying, if we want to reach that 30-minute mark... All right, so what is, so I came up with a couple. So I have one more. All right, so this is it. Uh, 
What is a movie that inspired you to do something in your own life? So it could be as simple as you saw someone wearing a pair of shoes, so you bought those shoes, or it could be as big as you saw, uh, you know, Matt Damon in something, you wanted to become an actor. Um, yeah. Um, that's how broad the spectrum is. Okay, that's, that's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it probably goes as, as early as The Sandlot. I don't think I had a natural, you know, inclination for baseball. Like, I think once I saw that movie Sandlot, then I was excited to play bas- baseball at a, you know, at a, uh, an organized level. I mean, I always did, like, the t-ball and everything like that, but I was never really, like... Actually, I don't even think I did t-ball. But, you know, once I saw the Sandlot, then I really am like, okay, baseball is, is something that's cool to me now. And that's something mm-hmm. that I want to do, even though I was no, no freaking good at it. Doesn't matter. Like, the, Sam, the Sandlot story and, like, just a bunch of guys. It just reminded me of hanging out with, like, the neighborhood guys and doing stuff. So I think... Yeah. Just just for, with having no, you know, prep for this question, I think that that's probably one of the ones where I remember being like... Oh, that's a really good answer. I thought, so I, I remember you know, some people had a big reaction to like the passion of the Christ when it came out. That, that actually just went through my mind too, but I was kind of like, well, what? Am, I just felt guilty after that or just disgusting, really. But anyways, go ahead. Well, that's, but that's, uh, some movies can make you do stuff like that. I mean... You know, especially in the time that uh, people get caught up in what they might necessarily mean. And, you know, think of even like the, the Lance Armstrong bracelets. I'm sure a lot of people are embarrassed to have worn those. I was watching the 30 for 30 on him. I was watching that, too. I was watching that, too. And it's really it's, it's polarizing. Like Tommy, it was a huge Livestrong guy, still is. Because he would just recognize he doesn't see like Lance is the cheater. He sees like the good that he did. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of with him, like. That Livestrong saved a ton of lives and was a huge source of hope for people. So, whether or not the guy's a, a dirtbag, the organization, there's more than just him in that organization. Even though he is the face of it, there's more than just him who did good for people. But, anyways, what, what was your movie that you saw? Was it The Passion? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I thought that was just one that incurred, at the time was like almost like a cultural phenomenon. People were like, in South Park made fun of it and that like, you know, everyone really like checked their moralities and like, like, Oh, I'm going to be a good Christian again. And like really encourage people like go to church. I just remember a whole, a whole kind of move, not movement, but reaction to that movie. But me personally, I just had grease on here. Uh, movie John Travolta. Uh, and, uh, I, in that I saw him, you know, serenading, Serenading girls. I wanted to be a T-bird so bad, one of those guys. But also, I think I think uh, I got caught singing uh, uh, Sandra D. Not Sandra D. But was, uh, yeah, Sandy. Yeah, one of the songs, but it was about a girl that I was interested in. This was all the way back in like second grade oh, or first boy. grade. Are you going to drop a name there. here? What's that? Are you dropping a name here, or we'll just call her a girl oh. from your past? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, sure. John, her name is Becky. I don't think. I, I imagine she moved. <laughs> I, 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 she didn't grow up with us necessarily. But, anyways, I remember. Be- you, you said, I'm sorry, I cut out a little bit. You said Be- Becky? Becky. Oh, yeah, okay. Becky. With the good hair? Uh, what's that? Becky with the good hair? Or the cool uh, hair? 
Becky T. Okay. <laughs> Becky T was a, the, my interest in person anyway, I just so picture her I, listening. Yeah. I hope to, I hope that someone finds Becky T and sends her this, but it's hilarious. I don't know. I don't know. I, that was a long time ago. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I definitely inspired me definitely to, yeah, my romantic life. Yeah. But music, you know, I'm on music guy too. Nice. See, I thought where you were going with that, I thought it, it encouraged you to become like an actor because I know for a little bit you had like, you, were, you did a few plays, you know, right around that time, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I guess I just consider myself an artist, so I dabble in whatever. But no, my mom, yeah, I mean, I definitely was, uh, you know, a young, excited person. Now, I don't know if I ever wanted to be an actor by any means, um, but it was more about the music and, you know, I like dancing. But it was, you know, and just something else I did. Uh, I've been in a few plays, I guess, or a couple plays, yeah. but... Yeah, so Greece. So Greece is what... Mostly, yeah. It's mostly always been about the music and being able to dance with girls and sing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, that's, cool. that's one. Um, um, all right, real quick, Doug. Uh, the, I, had, I had a third question. All right, if it's yeah, quick, if it's we're quick the, yeah, we're, we're at the 30-minute mark, but if it's a right, quick one, yeah. It's just quick, informative stuff. I want you to. What is your favorite fantasy movie of all time? Favorite fantasy movie. Yep. Um. Well, I'm not sure exactly what the category is, but I mean, just right off the top of my head, I I love the Lord of the Rings. Like that was. Yep. That, yeah. I'm glad you answered that because that was my answer too. All right. Well, then that's quick enough. We can probably do a whole podcast on the trilogy, but. Since well, we're, maybe, well, okay, so maybe that'll inspire us to, to watch the trilogy. And to, but I knew that was just my third quick one that I figured it, yeah, so yeah. I mean, without thinking, that that probably is my favorite. I usually don't love fantasy movies, but I love The Lord of the Rings, all three of them, so it was really cool. All right, man, well, that's that's uh, pretty much it for today. As you could probably hear, there's a lot going on in this house between Mookie. I think Crystal both came and left during this whole podcast, so uh, I. Uh, yeah, I think that probably right now is a good place to end. A lot of craziness. We didn't hear from Mookie, though. I thought he'd be barking at chipmunks a little bit more. Mookie is literally asleep next to me. He's, <laughs> he's, he gets to him a little bit. That's good. So he's just taking a little puppy. Yeah. All right, man. So, all right, Doug. Well, uh, stay safe. And uh, I think you got another another member of the family coming joining you this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got so, another puppy. Look forward to that. Look forward to that. Uh, yeah, it, it'll it'll just be that much more insane next week. So, all right, man. All right, homie, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bright, got my stapler, got my shirt and tie. Set me up to zone out.